Welcome back to Play for Life. This conversation is with Shawnee Johnson, all about, believe it or not, play. What is Play for Life? It's a podcast, it's a community, and it's all about helping us remember that if we stop playing, we start dying. Come on, let's go play. Okay, you guys, today I'm so excited to introduce you to Shawnee Johnson. She and I met probably seven or eight years ago through the theater. Mary Poppins, you were Mrs. Mary Banks? Poppins. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how we know each other. And I would say about seven years ago, she helped me and Payson go through cancer treatments. Uh, she was working up at the U, and so he would have treatment days and since she was really close she would be like what does Payson need and she was just an angel and would get him whatever weird food he was craving because of his chemotherapy. <laughs> I remember it was often sweet and sour chicken. <laughs> yeah. Okay the rest of the intro did not record but we're going to jump right into Shani talking about play. It's kind of I don't say this to like pity me I promise I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> um, so I'm 36 now and I, I mean, I'm not saying everything has been doom and gloom. You know, I did theater a lot. I had a lot of moments of joy and happiness. But but what I've noticed, and I bring this up because I do work in mental health now. And what I do, so I work, my primary specialties are sex therapy. I do mm -hmm. maternal mental health or like the perinatal period is what we call it. Uh, general mental health and faith transition. And so I work with, a, I work with all genders. My, I would say most of my clientele are women. And in that first intake session, I love to ask people, because people are scared of therapy, especially if you've never done it before. I say, well, tell me what you like to do for fun. It's like silence, just a room of crickets. <laughs> and they, they just kind of look at me like, what do you, what do you mean fun? Like, I don't, I don't have fun. I, I take care of everyone else. That's how mm -hmm. I have fun. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I mean, it's very telling, right? So since then, I mean, my, well, my whole life, I've realized that you have to have fun. What's the point if you're not having oh, fun yeah. and playing? And so I mentioned a little earlier when you were telling us about Sweet Payson that my mom um, battled cancer. And my mom, I mean, of course, I would not wish that on anyone ever. Right. But my mom's perspective on life changed when she started. She she battled for about five years, um, and she did pass away. But she was a she, my mom's always been delightful. But she did not play before she was diagnosed. She was just she like did my, not. No, she was just like my clients. Of I take care of everybody mm -hmm. else. I have to clean and I have to cook and I have to do my church callings and that's that's play for me. Right. She did nothing for herself. And when she got diagnosed, things change. You know this, Wendy. Your whole yeah. perspective does a 180 whether <laughs> you want it to or not. <laughs> totally. Like, what matters? And none of that crap matters. It's about playing the people that you love and taking care of yourself. And I know that's a long-winded answer. But since then, even with this chronic dysthymia that I have, I have absolutely fallen in love with life the last few years. <laughs> even with this chronic neck disease I have now, I can't, like, when you came over to my house the other day, I literally can't move. I'm in a chair, like, <laughs> <laughs> but life is so fun and we have to play and it gives us a reason to keep going. Yeah. So did you always feel that way? I mean, you mentioned that your mom wasn't necessarily um, 
she didn't naturally play have why why do you play why do i play i love to have fun i've always been kind of the goofy one in my family mm-hmm. um but it, it wasn't i think part of my family culture i can only ex- speak from my experience from my family is that we were we've always been like easy to laugh and really lighthearted but it was always like you you kind of have to do your work first and then you can do that mm-hmm. like earn your play kind of a thing right so it really wasn't ingrained in me to like look for fun and have fun it was almost like I have to earn it and that's something I hear from my clients a lot well I didn't do enough to be able to earn going to do what I want to do I didn't check off all my to-do lists Mm -hmm. it wasn't always that way for me until uh probably until we lost my mom Hmm. And I realized that multiple things can be true, which is what we work on in therapy all the time, is that I do have chronic dysthymia. It's not going to go away. And I can also still really love life and play and have fun. You don't have to wait. Why wait? Yeah. That is a really good point. I would say as I talk about why I focus on women in play, because to be totally honest, the people that I play more like is men. Like I find in a room, I like what they're talking about. And men are the people who like play like I play. But the reason I'm talking to women about play is like what you just said is it's because we tend to think that it's for after we get everything done. And do we literally ever get everything done? No, absolutely not. And sometimes no. it is a really hard awakening to shake us and make us say, oh my gosh, why, what are we waiting for? And sometimes it yeah. is um, just not that it's ever too late to play, but like that sorrow of why did we waste some time just getting our jobs done when really I think play is one of our jobs. What do you think of that? Oh, it is. That's something I've learned through being a therapist, especially with what we call like PMAD moms or perinatal moms, moms who have just had kids or have young kids and that are specifically struggling with um, depression and anxiety symptoms. One of, We have like a list of things that we work on with them specifically. And one of the main things is like you have to have time for yourself to function mm. better. You will not overcome this sadness that you're feeling, this rage, whatever these symptoms are, unless you are truly making time for yourself and having fun. And you're so right, Wendy, like we live in a society where if we wait till our to-do list is done, it's never going to happen. Yeah, We can always find more to add. We'll always find more to add. Yeah. And it's funny because you get gold stars. Like we just watched School of Rock because Danny's going to be directing that one. And um when Summer's like, where will we get our gold stars if we're just playing in this band? And he rips up the mm-hmm. the chart and her face is like, oh my gosh, that's my whole life. You know, these gold stars and these like um, achievements that we think we get from doing things when actually if you were to get to the end of that scenario, what you actually want is what play can give you, which is connection. Do you find that that is oftentimes what play gives these women who are in anxiety in this new part of life is that they're, they're lacking the connection that play can give them? I think definitely. I, I think overall more than just connection is, well, I guess it ties into that. It's connection to themselves Mm -hmm. that they've never been, they've never been taught how to find that. Yeah. 
or that it's even okay to look for that. You know, that's right. I do say connection and I absolutely, in the same moment, it's like, no, this is connection makes it sound like you have to go play with other people, but that connection that you have with your body, like just like recognizing that you're breathing and just seeing it. That's why physical play for me speaks to me is because it connects me with my body so much, but for other people, like reading a book and like using your brain for, you know, all the different play styles, jokers, they're that one's a little harder to do alone. But if you're, you know, watching someone and they are connecting with you uh, via, you know, telling jokes, this is something that you hear with your ears, you read with your eyes, you, it's connecting you, yeah, to your body, like your whole soul, right? Play is whole soul. Absolutely. Um, this is, this is interesting because, um, I've never had a therapist on. And so that I'm going to pick your brain a little bit. Um, please in your opinion, how does play then affect mental health? Have you been able to see clients that come in and then add play to their life? And what have you observed? I mean, I can tell within the first few sessions of meeting with someone, whether someone makes time to play, it could be any gender of person. Um, but you can absolutely tell because it's, it's, they're more well, well-rounded, more balanced, more life is stressful regardless. Right. Mm -hmm. But it makes it feel a little less stressful when you're at least balancing it with like going to play and doing something you want to do because the dishes are going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> the house is going to need to be cleaned. Your kids are going to need to be bathed. You're going to need to do X, Y, and Z and get the oil changed in the car. Well, that's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so you may as well add something to make yourself happier because you really will be happier in all those other aspects. I love it. That's interesting that you could see it. Like you can just tell. Right oh, away. Yeah. Um, so in my opinion, there's like play, which is like all in play, heart play. You know, for me, it's snowboarding. I've mentioned that before. And then the other side is being playful. Like you were when I um, observed you one week out from next surgery, you're not in heart play, but you were playful. Can you talk to me about like adding, you know, maybe especially for young moms, sometimes it's hard to think that they're playing because they can't like dedicate time. Talk to me just about playfulness. When you can't go out and like do like go snowboarding yeah. or. <laughs> yeah. Your heart play, the thing that just like gets you away, you know, those Calgon moments, but just playfulness. Cause that's what I observed in you is playfulness. I learned that from my mom. Um, I, I guess I don't, it's just so important. I feel that we have this culture of, and I don't think it's anyone's fault. I think it just is really culturally ingrained of like endure long suffering <laughs> and then you'll be happy. Yeah. Right. And I think great. There are plenty of merit to that, but how far are we taking that yeah. to the point of like where I can't even like have fun sitting here talking to my friend. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think find the lightness. I mean, like I, I had this neck surgery. Okay. So I'm going to wear these stupid goofy glasses. Cause they make me laugh. Like I could be sitting here miserable because I am in pain Yeah, like that. But, but like I said, that's not going anywhere. I may as well be laughing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? true. Um, you also cover your neck thing with like various socks. I do. So I have a neck brace. I have a, and I cover it with uh, different tube socks. Yeah. 
I mean, like playfulness, right? Like just having a lightness about life where we don't take ourselves too seriously. Because I think that's what we tend to fall in the trap of is just taking ourselves to being too tight gripped on like doing things right. And it's just not fun. And I think we assume the fun will come after we do it right. But that's just a lie. (laughs) Oh, it is. It is. And I think it's like a capitalism thing, too, which is another thing that we are all just part of it. It's not our fault. Mm -hmm. I, I worked um, for a little while with the Salt Lake City Arts Council, and I was able to go to a conference. It was like a national conference. And I worked in higher education for a while and like corporate jobs. These things are all very stressful. Mm-hmm. Like uh, jobs are so stressful. But I remember one of the speakers saying something to me that really shifted my perspective. He said, listen, work is going to be stressful because our bosses make it stressful, whatever. He said, there is no such thing as an art emergency. (laughs) Like literally, unless you're in life-saving industries, how often do we really have emergencies? Interesting. But we treat our work like it is an emergency. Oh. To the point where we, we can't play at all. Yeah. Because, well, I have this deadline. It's an emergency. It's an emergency. I have to get this in by then. Well, according to who? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, the more I'm learning about, um, some people call it ego. And the latest book I read that I think I'm going to share with you is The Protective Personality. It thinks that making something an emergency makes it so important and it must make you more valid. (laughs) And so like just taking that like layer off and just like, relaxing a little bit into our work and being playful with it. I think we actually get more done because we're not so, yeah, tight gripped. Um, What advice do you give those as you're in therapy to add play to your life? Like for someone who's just totally new to this, what would you say that to a, maybe a young mom, since that's your specialty, how do you even begin? Well, I, I, There's a couple of things. First of all, I like to, when you become a parent, what I've observed is that you obviously generally tend to care about your offspring more than yourself, Mm. which is where you lose the play, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're thinking of this other person. Well, that other person is going to grow up and how do you want them to see you? Mm. Doing a role reversal like that can be really helpful for people or even to say like, how do you think your friend's want you to be right now how do you how do your siblings see you do they want you to sacrifice yourself entirely to give Mm -hmm. up yourself Mm -hmm. is that what they want do you want yeah and will you want your child to grow up and say my my mom didn't have her own things she did that made her happy because she was too busy doing everything for me Mm. as a young kid we want that (laughs) right (laughs) like we want our moms to do everything for us but the older we get i get so sad sometimes thinking about my mom, like who was she before she had all of us? Mm -hmm. What did she like to do? I don't know. Yeah. So the role reversal, that's a good, a good one. I, I have shared and I'll share it with you. This conversation is with Shawnee Johnson all about, believe it or not, kind of give you an idea of, are you physical? Are you director, collector, um, explorer, it, there's so many different ways that can get you started playing, you know. Um, any other advice, either about getting started or about play in general, from your perspective? 
I think one of the other things I've noticed the most, Wendy, especially in like new moms, I would say, is we are all so worried about how other people are going to judge the way that we play. Hmm. We are all worried about, well, even so think, take theater for an example, right? Or am I good enough to do this? Or say, I know you love to snowboard. Well, is that feminine enough? Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. the rules, the the rules that we have self-imposed rules are, we could go on and on and Mm -hmm. on. We're very concerned about what everyone else is going to think about how well we're doing something Mm -hmm. or the thing that we like to do. And I cannot remember, I should have looked it up before we started there just I'm sure you've heard of it. It's called just the let them theory. People are going to think whatever they're going to think. Mm. Let them. Yeah. Just let them. Yeah. You can't you can't do a dang thing to change it anyway. So with new moms specifically, I'll just say let them. They'll say, Well, what if they think that I'm not doing the right thing for my baby? Or what if, you know, what if it's selfish of me to go be with my friends once a week or mm-hmm. whatever it may be? Well let them. Yeah. And we work on that in therapy. What's it like to sit in that discomfort of you just letting them think whatever they think and you can't change it? And then you realize there's going to be discomfort not doing it. So you just get to pick your discomfort. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Yeah, that's empowering. I love that. Tell us in, let's see, I don't know whether to wrap it up. Like if there's any, any other advice that you have in general, and then I want to hear how people can connect or follow you or, you know, receive what it is that you're offering the world. Yeah, please. So let's see first, what was the first just question like you asked? Any really? final thoughts about play and just living your best life? I guess what I really want people to know Okay, first of all, I don't want the toxic positivity. I'm very not into that of like, choose to be happy, choose to do all those things. That's not always possible. Mm -hmm. It's not because mental illness exists and life exists. I like to just reframe that into why don't you just allow it to happen? Mm -hmm. Make it an opportunity. Because when you say like, I know when I've been really depressed, and someone says just choose to have a better attitude, choose to be happy. My walls go up, yeah. right? And I'm like, well, you don't get that at all. Yeah. Like, you don't understand this. But what if we just allowed, like, okay, what if I allowed that to happen? If it comes by, I'll allow it to come into mm-hmm. my realm. Love it. So I think just allowing that to happen. And then allow yourself to feel joy and be silly and not care <laughs> what anyone else thinks. So just let them. Just let them is my new favorite thing. I also am a huge Billy Joel fan. I love Billy Joel. And my one of my mantras, and I say this to my therapy clients all the time, it's a lyric from the song Vienna. He just says, slow down, you're doing fine. Oh, I love that. I, I think even in terms of play, we think, well, I have to do it right now or I suck at it. <laughs> like, I'm never going to do it if I don't do it right now. Slow down, you're doing fine. Hey, oh. none of us have ever done this before, Wendy. None of yeah. us. As kids, we think our parents have everything figured out. We think. Right. As a parent, you're like, oh, boy, my parents didn't know what they were doing. Like, we're all in trouble. Right. It's okay to remind your kids that, too. Oh, I do all the time. Hey, you know what? I've never done this before. You've never done this before. I've never done this before. Dad's never done this before. Mm -hmm. We are doing our best. And I'm so sorry that I lost track of that for a second. And I got mad and 
forgot how to have fun. We're going to try again because that's what we do. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, do you have a most embarrassing moment, like a time where you put yourself out there and it's like you thought you were just going to die of embarrassment and I'm going to assume you didn't die? <laughs> In what realm? I know. So many. Good. Well, here's a, here's a good one for you, Wendy. This is this is a good one that happened at Centerpoint Legacy Theater. Okay. Uh, my first show I did there was Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. So fun. The show is hilarious. I was in the ensemble mm-hmm. and with I'll keep it PG on the show. This was luckily during a preview. Yeah. But you had so an not audience. A full audience. Yeah. But you do have you have quite a full audience that's generally other theater people yes. or family. Yes. Well, let's just say I had a wardrobe malfunction where one of um my straps was gone and I had a boob out. <laughs> And, um, it was during, it was during, (laughs) it was during a big dance number called Oklahoma, where we are kicking and dancing and shuffling all over. And I didn't know that my, that we were just out. We were, we were just in the moment. We were, and I got off stage and everyone was like Shawnee and I looked down and I was like, well, you know what? Let them. I don't care. <laughs> like honestly, you're welcome. You're welcome. That's so generous of you. That could be more, could be mortifying. Right? Don't you love do that you like lived? Today. You're out there, you're putting yourself out there on stage. Oftentimes, we use this stage as like a metaphor for life, and you're literally on a stage sharing you and you know, an embarrassing thing happens and you don't die. Like, I think that's what we need to remember is putting ourselves out there and allowing ourselves to play and letting people think what they want. You're not going to die. Like you're going to survive and you're going to be a better person for it. Well, and then allowing yourself to sit in that discomfort too, that we talked about, you'll learn that not only did you not die, but like, you're going to be okay. And you'll get more used to that discomfort. I had a client say something like that to me just a couple of weeks ago. It was about like, Hey, I stood up to my family. I drew a boundary. And she said, and I didn't die. Did it? You did a great job. Yeah. Because those little things are the big things, right? You didn't die and you're going to get used to that and it's going to be okay. Yeah. We do get in survival mode though. That's why I think we don't play is because there's actually nothing about play that helps us survive on the surface, but it definitely yes. is what helps us to thrive. And we're no longer in a survival situation. So play is definitely needed. So we just have to like tell ourselves that part of our brain that says, no, no, play later. Just say, oh, I know you think I'm going to die if I play now, but you're right. The dishes will be there when I get back and we're not going to die if we go to bed. I love that. I actually tell my clients that all the time to say something similar because your brain is trying to protect you. Your brain, it's like you said, it doesn't prioritize having fun. It prioritizes keeping you alive, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I I have my clients say to their brain, thank you so much for doing what you've needed to do to keep me alive right now. And I know you're thinking you think you're doing the best for me right now, but I'm going to take a second and and it'll still, I'll come back. I'm still here. You're still allowed to hang out. Keep me alive, please. I still need that, but I'm going to go have fun for a minute. Oh, I love it so much. Those are very real things that we can do. This is super helpful. Shani, thank you so much for taking the time. Oh. <laughs> All right, what are you going to do now? Are you going to go back and like heal a neck? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay sitting in this chair, which is going to be great. <laughs> and I'm going to do what I do for fun. What's that? And well, here's another thought for you that you didn't ask where I'm going to give it to you anyway. So nice. People yeah. ask me all the time what self-care is. How do we do self-care? Yeah. Self-care is leaning into what you already like to do. You don't have to go 
we think of self-care as like, I don't got to spend a lot of money or go on a big trip or whatever. Self-care is leaning into what you already like to do. Can I quote so you on that? That might be the quote of like the podcast. I, I believe that with my whole heart. So I'm going to do what I love to do. I'm going to lean into it today. I'm going to watch a lot of really stupid reality television. <laughs> I'm going to FaceTime with my nieces and nephews because they're my favorite. Aww. I'm going to wear my stupid pink glasses. Okay. And I'm going to drink grape Kool-Aid because it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what we're going to do. Okay, you have a plan for day 10 of neck recovery surgery. Be on a podcast and then, yeah, lean into what you do best. That's right. Lean into what you love. That's what, what you self-care love. is. Oh, Shawnee, thank you so much. This has been priceless. Thank you. Yeah. You mentioned if anyone wants to follow me, I don't have necessarily like a, I do have one um, therapy page. It is sex therapy um, related. Mm-hmm. So just know it is. I, what I would call like explicit content is sexual mm-hmm. content. It's sex positive sex therapy mm-hmm. on Instagram. Okay. Um, and then I do, have, I, I, other stuff I just do non-therapy related. My TikTok is sassy sweatpants and you'll just hear me being a bail ding dong and having a lot of fun. So yes, that's what we need. We need to have a little spice in our life sometimes. Sassy, sassy sweatpants. sweatpants. Back in the day when blogs were cool, my blog was sassy in sweatpants, but that was too long for the TikTok. So we just did sassy sweatpants. (laughs) I cannot wait. You are a joy. Thank you so much for being an example of play and for being here today. Thank you for spreading joy, Wendy. You are joy. You like personify it. And I'm glad you're helping other people, especially women, realize that like, not only is it okay for us to find joy, but we really need it. Oh, thanks, Shawnee. I love you. I love you. Have a wonderful, wonderful Thursday. I will. See you. Oh, isn't she amazing? I'm so grateful she took the time while healing, literally sitting in a chair to talk with us and to share what she has learned through being a therapist and a human. Uh, I'm going to take away three things from that chat. First, why wait? Like, what are we waiting for to play? And two, let them. Don't worry about how you play, like do it for you, not for others. Let them think what they will. And number three is lean into what you love. And that can kind of help you decide what it is that you want to do is what do I already love? That can be a really good clue for how to get started playing. So share this with a new mom. I think it might be a good episode for them. All right. Also remember if you know someone who plays in a way that can be inspiring to all of us, I was going to say have them reach out to me, but why don't you reach out to me and I can contact them and let them know. I would love to have them chat with me for a minute on the podcast to inspire others to play better. All right. Till next time.